welcome to The Divorce Social with me, Samantha Baines, changing the conversation around divorce. This show is sponsored by Penguin in the Room. Penguin in the Room is an award-winning arts, marketing and social media management company. If you want to jazz up your socials and have someone Instagram and tweet for you, then here's your answer. Go to www.penguinintheroom.com. As always, hit subscribe to make sure you're updated about new episodes. And we love to hear from you on social media at DivorcePod and at Samantha Baines. You can also email us all the infos on our website, thedivorcesocial.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. I am joined again by the incredible Rose McGowan for part two of our interview. I hope you enjoyed part one as much as I did living it. And part two is a really emotional one, actually. Rose is very open and honest. I think, you know, we built up to a place in our conversation where we could start to get a bit deeper. We talk about being alone, what that means, touch on shame as well, and healing. And Rose opens up about some of the details of her wedding and then divorce. So she talks about how she got her engagement ring, um, which she bought herself, and that she had a bouncy castle at her wedding, which sounds pretty fun. Um, she didn't have a divorce party, I don't think, but I'd think a bouncy castle at a divorce party would be pretty fun too. Uh, anyway, enjoy this episode. And if you'd like to share it with the world and with your friends and loved one, please do. You can mention us on social media at DivorcePod and at Samantha Baines. So when I finally got married, and this is after like Cartier's and like Tiffany's and like various, you know, antique rings, modern rings, whatever the hell. I believe me, I had a lot of rings to choose from at this point, not wearing jewelry, not liking any of them. Um, I mean, they're beautiful, but so. Um, I got married with a, I think it was like a, a $300 pinky ring. It was a man's pinky ring from the 60s that I found in Portugal. I like that. 
So did you... Mostly because I, I could wear it on my pinky. <laughs> <laughs> so I was going to say, did you have a stipulation for the actual marriage about the ring? Did he... I never really wore it. Did you buy it yourself or did you I go it to get it I together? It I bought it. I think we were together, but yeah, I think I bought it myself. And did you discuss the fact for that wedding that you wouldn't be wearing it or that, you know, you didn't like jewellery? So Yeah, we discussed pretty much almost everything about all of this kind of the things I'm talking to you about. I my weird I believe me, I had enough time to work up some theories by that point. <laughs> You know, about what is uh, what is real, what is not real. But I think so much, you know. And then now you imagine, like, so much is done to impress other people without consciously realizing it, that it it burns a resentment on both sides. And I think you start with a foot in, 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 in the mud, and it shouldn't be that way. What do you think? How can that be reformed? Yeah. Well, I'm in a new relationship at the moment and it's very funny the stuff that comes up in this new relationship. And this is my first sort of long-term relationship since my marriage and divorce. And, you know, all these things come up of people saying, well, are you going to get married again? And would you have a wedding or would you get a ring or how would you do things differently? And, you know, already... There's, it's beginning to show these little rivers of that marriage and divorce ideal is already kind of penetrating this new relationship. Wow. Even though we've not been together, we've been together for less than a year. So already people have started asking and then I'm thinking, would I get married again? Would I marry him? Would I do this differently? Do I want a ring? And, and it's, it's so strange because when I got divorced, I would say that I wouldn't get married again. And it, and then it wasn't something that interested me, having come out of the back of that. And then I remember things starting to change when I started imagining this ideal of love again. And now it's it's a real conflict within me of like, I but I want that love and that marriage and that I always dreamed of, even though I've experienced it and I didn't want it and how'd that dream go yeah it didn't go great um and I think if I do how much do you think the dream that you had got you into I don't want to like to like say it was a nightmare I don't want to go that far but got you into the bad the the bad dream part of it how much of your good dream is hurtling you towards another it's it's hard to stay out of dream mentality Yes. And it's really hard when there's societal, you know, luckily for me, I don't have a lot of people that I don't have the type of family that ever pressured me. I think with me, they just realize she's just strange and she's going to continue to be strange. (laughs) We're just going to let her do her. Okay. Okay. That's the best. That's the best idea. Yeah. I think my people know that I'm strange, but they're also like, but sometimes you conform to some things. So, um, I think I think the dream got me possibly in a lot of trouble the first time round because and not necessarily even anything to do with my ex. Right. Just, just, me. just the dream. Yeah, just me thinking nothing's this is comparing what, to the dream. Yeah, this is what it means to be a good wife. I'm not doing that. So I'm failing at marriage. Right. And this is what a and wedding. It was like an invisible manual like. that you came with yeah. that you distilled all these random 
thoughts into like this is what this is and what would be good and yeah imaginary page 42 what a wedding looks like right what I wanted wasn't on page 42 so I ended up changing what I wanted so it looked like my imaginary journal of how it should look so there were lots of things like looking back now there were lots of things that were hugely impacted and affected by what I imagined. Magical thinking. Wedding, marriage to be. And then I I feel like the divorce, I rebelled, had a sexual explosion, had a very nice time, came out as bisexual, you know, did all my fun stuff, got gold boots (laughs) that are making squeaky noises, but they're gold. They're gold and beautiful. Um, And... And I can feel myself, the dream wanting to pull me back in. Now I'm in a new relationship. So it's... Very interesting. It's 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 cool that... Um, I think it's really cool that you don't... You're not blaming that on him, on the ex. Oh, yeah, not at all. I think that's great. I mean, not saying that there are not things interpersonally that went on that would not be to blame. But it is... It's, it's hard to check fantasy. Yeah. And, and if your reality is really good and it's going really good, then you could ask yourself maybe what part does fantasy need to play in this? Yeah, I want to put fantasy in the bin. But it's she, hard. she keeps crawling out of that bin. <laughs> she keeps pulling me back in. <laughs> I'm imagining my fantasy to look like the, the girl in the in the ring coming out of the TV, <laughs> climbing out of the bin. Um, so how did... Did dreaming and fantasy play a role in your marriage? What did your wedding look like? Was it how we would imagine a traditional wedding? I had a bouncy castle. Great. But it was quite elegant and towards the back. So I need. I wanted one shot in a bouncy castle in a wedding dress. So I guess that's as far as that dream went. I had a, this is a, he's Jewish. And there's a point where under the chuppah you step on um, a glass, two two glasses uh, chosen um, in wrapped in a fabric, and you step on it, or maybe it's one glass, I don't remember, and you break it, but I missed. No, it was fine. I'd already set up for the divorce. So it was like, <laughs> God was like, yeah, cool. No sin here. Um, not that in the so Jewish tradition. you missed tradition, with your foot. Sin. I missed. I touched the fabric, but never broke the glass. And did you give I it another that was stamp? Great. No. You just left it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want the thunder, the clouds to open and like, you know, lightning strike me down. Um, was that seen as an omen by anyone else at the wedding? No one else noticed but me. Okay. And maybe the officiant, who was a, a, a female feminist rabbi. She was badass. You know, and, and that's also the thing that's cool about the Jewish religion is that they don't have sin. Not like not like yeah. this. It's really a dull, dull thing. That sin. My family's Irish, so I was brought up Roman Catholic. I'm half so, Irish, half yeah. half English, but still, we just invented everything's been invented in my life. I grew up in a hippie commune. We invented different rules, invented a different reality, and so to me, when I came out to this reality of this world, I'm like, oh, you invented it too. How's it going for everybody? You having fun? I would submit if your dreams and your marriage ideals have gotten you this far so far as a society. Well, 
I mean, you know, you have to understand, like, in the and, and movies did have a lot to play a part in this with the divorce rate, too. Like, they, they, they set an agenda. Like, um, in 19, I think it was 47, uh, couples counseling started being a thing. 1948, surprisingly, the divorce rate skyrocket. You know, I mean, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of forces at play to keep people not together and then to put them together and then to break them up. And then there's a part, you know, this is where it's not sexy, but the state is making money off you every step of that way. Yeah. I think it's, it's really a crux to how to have a dream that's not a, a damaging dream. I would probably do things if I had gotten married and they'd gone not well in certain ways, try to do the op- maybe not a whole hog opposite, but try to do something that was somewhat different. Yeah, because I guess our dreams are so influenced by the state and correct, correct, correct. history and everything that right. we've seen and come before. I mean, you think of all the Disney movies that you've ever seen. Did you realize that all the princesses together only make up for 23% of the all speaking parts in all Disney movies, the girl part? I saw that statistic and yeah. that's... But that's, you don't even really remember them saying much, do you? They're, they're just, uh. just the image. So again, what you get down to on that, that fancy wedding is the image. And you can have a magnificent party. I had like the best wedding. I had a great wedding. I had a beautiful, beautiful wedding, and I walked down. Um, ironically, the song that I'll play at my funeral is the same one that I walked down the aisle to. I realized that. <laughs> That's my favorite. <laughs> I love that. Because I like it. What is it? It's called Song to the Siren by This Mortal Coil. Nice. Anyway, it's really beautiful. Check it out. So um, should we use your wedding dress in some way? I have no idea where it even is. Okay. Literally no clue. Interesting that you know where all the rings are in the expensive safe. No, one of them I think is at a jeweler's for resale, but I forgot the ticket and I don't know where it is. (laughs) Okay. So there's You don't know where those are either. Other ones are in in a safe. I know where my art collection is, but as far as clothing, no, no. I gave up, um, I willfully, you know, I chose to, I had to sell a lot of my stuff to raise funds to stay out of prison when they were trying to put me in prison, Um, you know, for my activities against bad people. Yeah. Um, So I, I gave up a lot. Including the wedding dress, I guess. Maybe that was in the mix, too. I have no memory of that. It never even occurred to me to think about it, not for one second until you mentioned it, Samantha. <laughs> Do you remember what it looked like? Yeah, and I wouldn't choose that again. Probably my hair, too. Definitely would not. It was almost, I think, my last outing as kind of actress Barbie doll. Even though I never looked quite Barbie doll, but to me, for who I am, yes. It was, it was like the, it was the coup de grace. It was the last outing. It was the last time I was trotting her out, and I knew that, I think. So how, if you were to ever wear a wedding dress again, for any reason? I'd wear a tuxedo. Nice. And how would you have your hair? Slicked back. Yeah. Very short. Slicked back. What color tuxedo? White. Off-white. With a white shirt. Definitely. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Comfortable shoes. Comfortable shoes. I, I had um, sparkly flat shoes on underneath oh, my wedding dress. Yeah, I, I like think dancing. high heels have ruined more nights of my life than I could care to 
think about just because you're supposed to wear them. Because oftentimes they put you in an evening gown. Evening gown doesn't really go with flats too very often. It's quite hard to pull that one off. <laughs> and they're quite long. They're long. So a lot of the time and I'm you quite have to small. add height. Yeah, you have yeah. to add height. And then there's other people that are already tall and they're adding height. So you're kind of in this situation. Now I just wear kind of like clod hopper boots. But I think it's not really a problem. What I did love about, you know, my husband... What a funny word that is. I have to stop and reflect <laughs> on that one. Um, I was like, he was an artist, and he really, that marriage really helped me get out of um, Hollywood. It helped remind me that there were real artists, that there were other people out there in the world that did other things. I just, I got, I'd been, I was 14, you know, when I kind of got absorbed into Hollywood. And it, um, it, I just forgot. I just forgot. And if you're at 100% saturation with dickheads all the time, it's very hard to find the good within the dickheads. And it is not a normal place or a healthy place, I wouldn't say, for anybody's brain to flourish. I mean, you can all see what happened to me. Ha, ha, ha. This too might happen to you. Don't go be an actor in Hollywood. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Ding dong, it's the ad break. This podcast is sponsored by Penguin in the Room, an award-winning company that can manage your business's social media. They even manage our podcast, Instagram and Twitter. Just email info at penguinintheroom.com for a quote. Also, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can by buying merchandise from our website, www.thedivorcesocial.com. Ding dong. I, I like the idea that this marriage kind of got you out of... Very much and, so. ...and kind of sounds like a really positive thing. But I am interested in... So you'd said yes to all these proposals when you didn't want to say yes, and then eventually they broke off before you got married. Right. Why did you say yes to this marriage, and why did you put the time limit on it? How did you know in advance? I think because I was, at that point fully embracing of the fact that the biggest problem with me trying to shoehorn my way into those 
uh, or or accepting the shoehorn of an engagement, if you will, just to kind of we're going to put you in this lane or put myself in this lane of getting married, um, I had realized it was completely absurd for me. And that I'm just not, I don't come with the normal, I don't actually know what the little girl dreams are that you're supposed to have. I don't know. I never had them. My life in the commune that I grew up in was not that. My father had three wives at one time. It wasn't, it wasn't like, you didn't see things patterned or role models, you know. They were reacting in a way to what the outside world was doing. So they reinvented it. But that for me was just the world. And so by the time I get out and then all of a sudden I see the outside world pairs up and does things differently. But I also saw that not working out so well. And I had quite a slew of some dickhead stepdads and, you know, things like that. Um, for me, by the time I got married, I was like, okay, I'm just cut from, I think, acknowledge. I, I think it's not that not everybody's cut from a different cloth. It's just a real acknowledgement and leaning into that you're cut from a different cloth and, and like, okay, let's go with this cloth. By then, I, I think I had really gotten rid of a lot of my um, any kind of magical thinking. But I still had weird thinking, which is my weird time limits and timelines for myself that are arbitrary, always arbitrary. It's all arbitrary. None of it matters. And it all does at the same time. That's the crux of it all, right? Like none of it matters. Like this thing that we make so big and so real. I'm going to die without this. No, you're not. You might feel like it, but no, you will not. You just need to hang on. You got this. And really, truly... I think the number one thing about setting up that kind of divorce before getting married was about, like, I will not accept shame anymore. I have been shamed enough. Enough. So was it a protection thing? I would imagine so. Of, like, this is going to end in divorce, I'm telling you now, so that if it does, when it does. It wasn't an if. It was, a, it was definitely going to. But you were like, well, right, I was up you, front with you. I was up front. Well, I was up front. We were both up front. We were, we both did it, you know? And it wasn't, I mean, the idea of being married to him when I was 80, that's absurd. And I'm sure he would have found that the same way, too. <laughs> Why is that absurd? I don't know. It just seems funny. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't comprehend it. I don't know. I, 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 maybe because I never even met my grandparents. I don't, I don't know if people that are married, really, only in the movies. So did you just want to give it a go? Yeah. I was like, what's, what's, let's go to the party. <laughs> fine. Fine. Let's go to the party. Let's have the party. And then let's do it for a little bit. Check that box off. So for me, it's like I wrote a best-selling book. Check. Um, everyone's like, you have to write another book. I'm like, maybe. I made an album with really amazing people. Check. I opened the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Check. I did something at the Venice Biennale with a performance art piece. Check. I like to check things off at the highest level. You've been on the Divorce Social Podcast. I've been on the Divorce Social A big, big check. <laughs> um, so you checked off marriage yeah. and you checked off divorce. Exactly. It's just a different way of looking at it. And I think that can't be all bad if other people are more upset about things than me. <laughs> <laughs> so how did that we're going to get a divorce conversation go. Well, I still remember his expression was a little, as you can imagine, their expression would be. That was like an open mouth. Okay. Ah, 
and then kind of came around to my way of seeing things. Was it a quick thing? Did you do it together? We got married together. What do you mean? Oh, because some people— To arrive at the decision? No. Some people, like, both do all the legal bits together. We didn't and do sometimes any legal. One... Oh, no, I just handled the legal. It was the most—it e- was the easiest thing. It's the easiest thing. Never contested it. Never. So many just, people are, li- are going to be listening. Like, I what? wish that I know my divorce. But if you talk about it first, but that's to me like any good business ma- business marriage. You know, um, if you're engaged, if you're entering into a business partnership, you have to have the exit strategy of the business for when it falls apart before you get into business. You have to. You cannot, ass- and nothing should ever be fifty fifty. Interesting. There's no tiebreaker. It doesn't work that way. You can't. But what about just believing something's going to work and so not planning for the end? I think R. Kelly sang a song called I Believe I Can Fly. (laughs) To my knowledge, he's not flying. Sure. (laughs) That's true. I can believe all sorts of things. Doesn't mean, you know, I mean, I don't know. I... I don't know. I once gave someone a fridge on Valentine's Day as a present, a refrigerator, which I thought was very romantic, but other people (laughs) didn't. So maybe I'm just not the right, maybe I'm not romantic. I don't think. I don't know. I don't know. I used to always wonder, like, why can't someone just take me on a nice picnic instead of giving me jewelry? I did wonder that. But um, There's a link here with the fridge and the picnic. Yeah. I think a fridge is a great present. Not necessarily romantic, but maybe there'd be something romantic inside. I had inside. it imported from South Korea and it had a flat screen TV in the door. Whoa. And it could save over 300 um, recipes. <laughs> Did you record a I love you message and play it on the flat screen TV? No, I did not. Okay. No, I did not. No, I did not. And I resent if that fridge <laughs> still works that he has it. I regret. I regret that fridge. Um, he doesn't deserve it. Wow. So you should have taken it back. That wasn't the husband, by the way. It was a different. It was the one where I had decided I'll never be out of control in love again. Was the deciding you're never going to be out of control in love again before the marriage? Yes. Okay. So you can see how I arrived yes. at my marriage with a very cerebral, kind of slightly cold. Why are you never going to be in control in love again? What happens when you're not in control in love? It was just horrible. It was so much pain. It was hell. Also, you know, I didn't understand narcissistic abusers at the time. Uh, I got a PhD, you know. I I didn't understand uh, that that's what I was with. And if if you've ever entered into a relationship, and I hope you do not with someone like that, uh, they do a lot of damage. They do a lot of damage. For me, it's kind of how I came to deal with my activism in a way. And I don't really like that word, but for whatever, for lack of a better term, um, seeing the machine as a narcissistic power abuser helped me understand how to fight it. And I learned that from boots on the ground, individual one-on-one style. You know, just really gross I just can't believe the level of stuff I put up with. Like, I would never put up with that now, and I just want to go back and give that girl a hug. That's nice. I'm sure she'd like a hug. That was out of control love for you, and it was abusive. Can you be out of control in love in a healthy? I don't know. I don't know. Can you? I think if it's healthy, you always have to have part of you that... It's a little bit in pole position, no? 
a little bit in the front? I think... How does that work? I don't know the answer, but this is something I've been working on in therapy and in lots of different ways since I got divorced because I felt like I was out of control in love when I was married. And that manifested in lots of ways that weren't healthy from my perspective. And then I vowed that I always had to be in control. I always had to be the one that, you know, was a little bit more in control in the relationship and maybe meant that wasn't quite as in love with the other person as much as they were in love with me. This is how I rationalised it. And um, because if I let myself go again, I would be hurt again and it would turn into a thing that was really toxic and painful from my perspective. And I think a lot of the work I've done, I call it healing my heart, which I know sounds so like puke in your mouth, but it genu- I genuinely do think I've been working on healing my heart and, and have done some good work there. And for me, I think I said this phrase to my therapist, which she then repeated back to me like after a few months. And I was like, I can't believe I said that, which was, if you love someone, they can ruin you. That's what I said. That was my belief to my therapist. And I and I remember at the time believing that so strongly. And I was like, you're never going to change my mind on this. Like, this is a fact. And then we did lots of work. And then coming back to it, I was like, God, that was like my overriding opinion right. of love. And that's sad. It's sad. And can be true but can also not be true. It's the hardest thing is the stories we tell ourselves yeah. and, and the hard and fast rules we come up with and the man just try to get through the day. Yeah. But the idea that someone would ruin me if I loved them is giving a lot of power outside of myself. Like all of my power, if you can ruin me. Well, it's completely black and white. But we tend to be a bit black and white in thinking and... Maybe if it would be like being in love, how you were with your husband again would ruin you. Would that would that would? Yeah. But also, you wouldn't be available for that love because you would spot things too quick in yourself or in the other person that would would allow that to happen. And I guess the trick is, um, you know, I told myself a story when I got sick that I should be alone. That who would want to go through this? So I did that, and. I still think I was right. It was painful, but I think I was right. Because I think, just for me, I don't know any other way of being. I don't know how to... A bit like a wildcat. A bit like a savage who can temporarily put on manners for cities, but really feels much more at home up a tree in the jungle, you know, where I live, kind of thing. And, uh feels more for me people are just it's just been such a mess in a lot of ways and I do have lovely friends and and um, a couple of whom have really amazing marriages you know I mean everything's different from the inside but I can see it work they work on it together and they work as a unit and I just think they're weird rare asteroid people asteroided together and I don't know but I do know that 
in the beginning, it shouldn't be so much hard work to be with someone. I do know that you shouldn't be with people that make you feel bad about yourself. I do know that the ring thing is ridiculous. I do know that um, societal shame and societal pressures need to be kept at bay as much as possible, even if you need to say to your mom or to anybody else, please don't put those thoughts in my head. I'm trying to keep my brain free. You know, if you, if you don't let them talk to you about your body or your or your sexual choices or other things, you know, put some boundaries up on that stuff too of what people can get the messaging. Yeah, know? definitely. And really watch what you consume as media and movies because a lot of that does have a lot more effect than you know. And that thing you said about telling yourself you need to be alone, I felt a lot of emotion from you when you said that. How does it feel now thinking that you've said that to yourself? Just how it is. If I told you I'd said that to myself, I need to, I, I just need to be alone. I can't be with anyone else. But I've always been like that my whole life. I think I just have a more internal voice than an external voice. Even though it seems at times I've talked a lot in the media, but I'm much more of an internal voice. I mean, tell me to stop asking you about this if you want me to, but why do you need to be alone? What does that mean? One of my biggest things when I'm with someone, and maybe, so gross, um, when you're writing a book, you know this, um, they interrupt your thoughts a lot, people you're with. And I hate them when they do that. And I don't want to dislike someone for interrupting my thoughts, so I figure it's best to be alone. That's quite an extreme rationale. (laughs) (laughs) They might interrupt my thoughts, so I'm going to be alone. (laughs) I didn't say I was the healthiest person in the world, okay? (laughs) I never purported to be the paragon of emotional health. I have had some extreme situations where most people would not have survived and most people would be going down the street with their hair on fire. Yeah. You know, like a full basket case forever if just one day one day of strangeness and it was on a level that like someday I'll tell the the real story of what happened but it was just there's so many levels to it and so much insanity that I I'm I'm kind of in shock currently in my current mode of shock that I'm alive so I haven't really worked through and articulated all my deep thoughts about love but Clearly, I need to do some work. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm pleased that you're alive. Thank you. And I'm sure lots and lots of people are as well. Um, I know they are. Is Is there something that you can imagine one day where you won't be alone and that'll be a good thing? I can't figure out how to... Like, it's almost like there's two people. Like, my real name is Rosa Ariana, right? And my boyfriend, um, who I just got back together with uh, in Mexico, he um, luckily is open to that. Um, The one that was the great love of my life from 2020. He somehow understands a person that's not in any way from Hollywood or Rose McGowan land or that planet understands me more than I can kind of see myself and has a lot more patience with it than I do for myself. Um. And I can only say it will take outside intervention, I think, in terms of someone being who, who knows how to love properly and healthily, which he does. 
he had uh, great examples of it in his family. And, and just in, in Mexico, there just seems to be a lot more family joy and love in general. It's not as uptight. <laughs> no offense, white people. <laughs> uh, but it's, um, it's different. And that's been a real healing force for me. I was going to say, do you think you can be healed by love? I think if anything can heal me, it would be love. That's nice. Nice place to end. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I'm sending you lots of love. Thank you, dear. I don't know if mine heals, but (laughs) hopefully it helps. Uh, Hopefully it heals. You know, and to anybody out there hurting and thinking it's all your fault or if you've just done something different or... There's a million coulda, woulda, shouldas, but today you are you and you are a miracle. And even if it hurts, I swear to God, it'll pass. Just keep going. Just one foot in front of the other. And if you need to lay on the ground and cry, you lay on the ground and cry. Um, But I guarantee there's going to be a day when you're going to run and it's going to come easy. I love that. So run into love. Run into love. <laughs> and that's the, it's about love is a bouncy in this image that I'm creating in my mind. Love castle. is the bouncy castle at your wedding, and we're all that's running into it and just bouncing. Let's party in the bouncy castle, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Rose, thank you so much. Thank you, dear. Thank you for being so open and sharing with me. Um, remind everyone to read your book because I've read it and it's very good. Thank it's you. It's called Brave. It's called Brave Rose. by Rose McGowan and it's on Audible where it was voted top 10 out of 1.6 million titles for audiobooks. So I recommend the audiobook version because it's just me talking to you and hanging out with you. And uh, yeah, that'd be cool. That's a perfect place to, we finish listening to this and then just go listen to more of you. Perfect. More of me. But with you. Yeah. And people can find you on social media, but sometimes you take breaks. I take breaks and I'm not the most, uh, yeah, you can find me on all channels, but I I got so shadow banned and suppressed it stopped being fun. I was like, who cares? Um, Thank you so much. You're welcome. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Oh, hi. Thank you for listening to The Divorce Social with me, Samantha Baines. Please leave us a review. Please, please. Um, It would be super nice. They're lovely to read. They keep me cheery and happy and keep me going. Uh, But also it affects our listing, the podcast charts, uh, which are very important because that's how more people find the podcast. And I'd love to help more people get through those really tough heartbreak and divorce times. And they're more likely to find us if we're higher up on the charts. So if you'd like to leave a review, I'd love you forever. You can leave them on iTunes is the big one or most podcast platforms do them as well. I'll take all the reviews you've got to give. You can also uh, get in contact on Twitter and Instagram at DivorcePod and at Samantha Baines. We have a website, thedivorcesocial.com and we have a Patreon account, which means that you 
can support the podcast for as little as £2 a month. And it helps me with all the admin costs. It also means you have access to our 90s-style divorce and heartbreak chat room. And there's lots of exclusives on there, little bits of audio that you don't get in the main podcast, and some giveaways as well. So I'd love to see you over on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash Samantha Baines. And please leave a review. Did I say that already? Please leave a review. Love you forever.